0: Welcome to the Climate Report on Forward Radio, WFMP 106.5 FM, Louisville. This is Hart Hagen, your host, and we are on episode number 333. That's three threes. Uh, Twice as many and would be at 666, but that's a whole other conversation. Today's topic is food, farming, and climate. The purpose of the Climate Report is to solve the problem of climate change in theory and in practice, as individuals and as a society, in the city and in the country, wherever we live, work and play. We're going to be talking about a topic that affects us every day, every time we eat. If you eat three times a day then you have at least three opportunities every day to have an impact on our food and farming system and the consequent impact that the food and farming system has on our climate. Now, let's start with some foundational understanding. So we're talking about food, farming, and climate. Before we jump from, to the impact of food and farming on climate, let's look a little bit at how food and farming works. Let's develop some foundational understandings about how it works and how today's industrial food system compares with other choices that we have, such as what you might call regenerative agriculture, which is where the agricultural methods are an attempt to regenerate the land instead of degenerating the land. So, in this episode, we're going to go through five or six of these understandings. Number one, understand that much of what we've heard about farming is not healthy. Much of what we've seen in farming is not healthy, from the old McDonald had a farm, you picture a farmer on a tractor pulling a plow, for example. Go back to Bible times and it says, we're going to beat our swords into plowshares. In other words, we're going to take the energy and the effort that we've spent in warfare and we're going to put it into food production instead. So far, so good, but the whole metaphor for food production is a plow, plowing the land. Here are some reasons why plowing the land is not good, it's not healthy, and it's not necessary. There is another way, and there is a better way. I'm not saying that all plowing is bad. I'm not saying that all tillage is bad, but I will say that almost all of it is bad, and there is a better way. So tillage aka plowing is not healthy and it's not necessary chemical so that's one thing chemical fertilizers are not healthy and they're not necessary that's another thing that we, we associate too much with farming and gardening number three pesticides are not healthy and are not necessary having to kill so many insects having to kill so many weeds aka plants one person's plant is another one person's weed is another person's wildflower so in addition to tillage not being healthy or necessary chemical fertilizers not being healthy or necessary pesticides not being healthy or necessary monocultures are not healthy and are not necessary. By monoculture we mean corn as far as the eye can see. We mean soybeans as far as the eye can see. We mean wheat as far as the eye can see. That is a monoculture. It is a focus on one crop at the exclusion of everything else and it is artificial simplicity. Here's the thing about simplicity. So we're talking about a monoculture being artificial simplicity. The thing about artificial simplicity is that there is, you don't see the artificial simplicity in nature. So it's a, we're imposing on nature a degree of simplicity that is not good. We're crowding out in so far as we have monocultures we are crowding out nature and see nature wants to come in so that's when you need the chemical fertilizers that's when you need the, the the chemical pesticides because nature wants to come in because nature is complex nature sees a field of corn and there is one or more flying insects that go lunch, let's have some lunch. So you have to use all of your ingenuity and all really the the tools of warfare. Our pesticides were developed alongside bombs. Our fertilizers were developed alongside bombs. Uh, the, The pesticides were developed alongside nerve gases, literally. Nerve gases that were used in the Holocaust, in World War II, where then a little bitty adjustment was made and we have things that kill insects instead of people. So insecticides and fertilizers truly were developed as weapons of war. So so talking about tillage, talking about chemical fertilizers, talking about pesticides, talking about monocultures, we have to get used to the idea uh, that much of what we thought we knew about farming is not true or, or is not healthy and is not necessary. Sadly, it's not just us. Farmers also are in the same situation. Farmers for their entire lives have been shown a, an approach to agriculture that is not healthy and is not necessary, but it's all they've ever seen, so that's what they do. Except there are some farmers who kind of break the mold and are doing it differently. People like Gabe Brown, people like Joel Salatin, people like Mark Shepard. Which brings us to the end of item one on our foundational understandings. Foundational understanding number two is that the federal government is big in the business of incentivizing wrong practices. For example, crop insurance. Well, crop insurance sounds like a good thing. Farmer invests so much time and money in a crop, if the crop goes bad, there should be some kind of safety net. It sounds like a good idea. If the crops fail, then there's federally guaranteed crop insurance. Unfortunately, to get insurance you have to do a lot of wrong practices you have to have a commodity you have to plant it in a monoculture oftentimes you cannot use a good practice like cover crops so you know crop insurance supports commodities crop insurance supports monocultures but we don't need to be growing our actual food in the form of commodities you know commodities in some sense or commodities are at best junk food and monocultures at best produce junk food. Some of them don't even produce food. You're talking about the corn that they grow for ethanol, that's not even food. But if it's corn that's for high fructose corn syrup then that's food, kind of. It's more like junk food. Vandana Shiva calls it anti-food. It's devoid of nutritional value, and yet your tax dollars and mine go to support the production of junk food. So we need to understand that, that all of the rhetoric and all of the drama around American farmers, and they're not really producing food, at least production of nutritious food is not what is emphasized or promoted, or supported, or incentivized. Item number three, foundational understanding number three. Understand that most crops for human consumption are grown with nitrogen fertilizers. So plants need many nutrients in order to survive, not least of all, nitrogen so nitrogen fertilizers have not always existed they were invented in leading up to world war one and then they were reinvented leading up to world war ii there was a process called the Haber-Bosch process developed by two german men one named Haber one named Bosch and the Haber-Bosch process takes nitrogen out of the atmosphere and fixes it in a form that is usable for plants because nitrogen in the atmosphere is in two and it's, it's tightly bonded together. It takes a lot of energy to break that bond so that the nitrogen is then in a usable form for plants. Now previously we relied, we relied on we didn't have the Haber-Bosch process, we didn't have chemical fertilizers that have plant available nitrogen so we used plants to fix nitrogen, notably legumes, things like soy and clover are legumes that have the quality of fixing the nitrogen. And they do this in conjunction with bacteria. There are also, you know, you don't have to be a legume to fix nitrogen because there are a lot of plants use nitrogen. Some of them just have a a working relationship with certain bacteria, and it's the bacteria that fix the nitrogen why are we talking about nitrogen? Because all plants need nitrogen and you have to figure out how are we going to get the nitrogen to the plants. Another way of getting nitrogen to plants is to have um, you know, is animal manure. So animal manure is high in nitrogen and if you use it right then the animal manure can become fertilizer for the plants. But here's the problem with using animal manure to fertilize plants, and that is, there aren't any animals on the farm anymore, or at least, you know, there's one farm for growing animals and there's another farm for growing plants. The farms that grow plants like soy and wheat and corn don't even have fences anymore, because why do you need fences if you don't have animals? You know, fences are for animals, so you don't have fences anymore. You have the crops grown on one farm, and you have the animals growing on another farm. So you have, what do the animals eat? Well, the animals, like cattle, etc., eat, you know, wheat products and corn products that are shipped in from other places. So Wendell Berry talks about this problem, this phenomenon. Uh, Wendell Berry is a famous Kentucky author and farmer who is, among other things, a critic of the modern of modern industrial agriculture. Barry talks about how we used to have both animals and plants on the same farm. The plants would feed the animals. The animals would fertilize the plants. Now, we have animals and plants on separate farms, so over here on this farm, the animals produce prodigious amounts of manure but it's unusable because it's not close enough to the plants to be able to use it and it becomes toxic waste. In America, we put all of this infrastructure into the treatment of of human sewage but animal sewage is not under any of those same regulations and by far the most disgusting waste that goes on in a large scale into our water supply is the waste of animals because we have these concentrated animal feeding operations but you know back in the old days the plants would feed the animals the animals would fertilize the plants now we, ha- now, we have animals and plants on separate farms. The animals produce prodigious amounts of unusable manure that becomes toxic waste. The plants need to be fertilized. Meanwhile, meanwhile, back where they're growing plants, the plants need to be fertilized with chemical fertilizer, most of which washes into the streams and rivers, producing toxic Waste. So we have toxic waste being produced by the animal manure and we have toxic waste being produced by the nitrogen fertilizers that have to be applied in order to, uh, you know, the way we do things today. So, Wendell Berry quips, the genius of American farm experts is very well demonstrated here. They can take a solution and divide it neatly into two problems. So you have all these geniuses and these agriculture industrial experts and say let's have the cows over here and let's have the corn over here and you've got two different, you've both of them, producing prodigious amounts of toxic waste. It's a mess. There's no excuse for it. It is the way it is because we're not following common sense. We're following the profit motive of the dozen or so companies that control American agriculture. You are listening to Forward Radio WFMP 106.5 FM Louisville. So note well Nature works as one elegant and integrated system. When we imitate nature, now we could be imitating nature when we make our food. After all, nature learned how to make food for us. We, as a species, learned how to get our food from nature. So it would be quite natural, quite normal. And quite, you know, wise if we were to imitate nature in how nature produces our food. But no, that's not what we have today. That's not how we do things in the modern world. Item number four in our foundational understandings. Foundational understanding number four is understand that most crops for human consumption are grown with tillage. That is the plow. Most crops are grown with tillage. There's a little bit more no-till agriculture going on today, but still most of our crops are grown with tillage. So to me i.e. the plow. So to me the plow is violence. Uh, tillage is violence because it destroys the structure and function of the soil. Now if if soil were just inert mineral matter and we were just kind of grinding it up a little bit and it's like heart what are you getting so upset for we're just grinding up a few rocks we're taking something that's powder and we're mixing around the powder a little bit but that's the problem it's not just powder let's talk about the proper structure and function of the soil so healthy soil is like a sponge When it rains, healthy soil soaks up the rainwater and holds it for a while, just like a sponge would do. Start off with a dry sponge, and if it were to rain on the sponge, then that water soaks into the sponge because the sponge has air pockets in it, and those air pockets can get filled up with water. So the sponge has porous space, pore spaces in it just the way healthy soil has pore spaces in it. So when it rains when it rains water flows into the pore spaces as the water flows downward it creates a vacuum that sucks air in from above the surface so it's really genius you have relatively dry ground it gets watered by the rain and then when that water moves downward by the force of gravity, it sucks in air, the air, of course, contains oxygen, and guess what needs oxygen? All of the living things that are in those pore spaces in the soil, all of the living things that are underneath the surface of the ground need oxygen. This, uh, this oxygen provides uh, you know, what, th- this is necessary oxygen for all of the living things in, drum roll, the soil food web. What, am I, what do I mean the soil food web? Well, the f- soil food web is a food web that's in the soil. What is a food web? Food web is a system of food chains it suggests that these food chains that we're talking about are kind of overlapping and interlocking and just the way you have food chains above ground in above ground ecosystems you have food chains in aquatic ecosystems such as in the ocean such as in the streams and rivers you also have food chains underground in the soil food web so tillage that is, plowing destroys the structure. It's like if somebody knocked down your house, you couldn't live there anymore. Take any building, if you crumble it into shred- if you tear it into shreds and smash it, then that is no longer a functioning building. Soil is the same way. It has these empty spaces in it that not only have air and water, but also many of the nutrients and many of the other living things that the living things under the ground live on so it's a smorgasbord you know it's a teeming thriving ecosystem down under the ground but tilling that is tillage that is plowing destroys the soil structure the soil no longer acts like a sponge holding air and water it's more of a powder that does not function as soil should. Another metaphor you can use is, let's have two different bowls. One bowl has flour in it and one bowl has bread in it. If you pour water on the flour, it's not gonna do much. It's not gonna mix very well. The water's not gonna mix with the flour very well. But if you pour water on the bread, that bread has pore spaces in it. It's kind of like a sponge. It soaks up much of the water. that's the same thing as the comparison between dirt and soil. Where dirt is more of a powder soil is more of a sponge or like bread. So when the soil becomes a powder much of it erodes into the waterways. Rain easily washes away the soil when it's plowed. According to Alan Savory we lose 70 billion tons of topsoil each year. Now 70 billion if you're quick with math is 10 times of 7 billion so there's more than 7 billion people now but so you have you know but let's say for the sake of round figures if there were 7 billion people on earth then 70 billion tons of topsoil each year is 10 tons of topsoil for each person now we're doing this because we're growing food but the average person only needs about a half ton of Per year of food. So 20, you know, uh, a half ton times 20 equals 10 tons. So 20 times as much soil is washing away every year as the amount of food we produce. What's up with that? So the upshot of this is that modern Mainstream agriculture, insofar as it depends on tillage, i.e. plowing, is systematically destroying the soil. It does not have to be this way. That's the way it is, but it does not have to be this way. The way we do things is a far cry from how things have to be. The way we do things is a far cry from how things would be if we were doing things optimally or even functionally. We can grow food with little or no tillage. We can grow food with little or no plowing. But that's another conversation. Let's talk a little bit more about the soil. So, healthy soil is teeming with life. It's a untold, the untold story of soil is how much life there is down there. The untold story of soil is how much much of an ecosystem it is down underneath. So healthy soil contains an ecosystem. This ecosystem is out of sight, out of mind. We don't think much about it partly because it's down there where we can't see it. We also don't think much about it because we don't see it on TV. On TV they don't talk about the life underneath the ground. Because TV is where we see commercial advertisements. That's why it's good that you're listening to this on non-commercial radio. TV is where we see commercial advertisements. We don't see commercial advertisements about the living soil because there's not much money to be made. Now, there is money for the farmer who wants to learn to make a living from the living soil. But the needs and interests and perspective of the farmer are very much different from the needs and interests of the commercial interests that run Wall Street, run the country, run the world, yada, yada, yada. There's... much more money to be made when they're selling you fertilizers, pesticides, plows, and mowers. But there's not much money to be made when they are selling you the things that nurture life, either above the ground or below the ground, or in our waterways, for that freaking matter. But healthy soil is teeming with life. So, we've got a couple minutes left. Let me leave you with something to think about. So it's almost as if there are two worlds. The one that we have and the one that we could have. The world that we have unfortunately has been hijacked by a few people who are up to, you know, they're just just out for themselves. It's human to be out for yourself, especially if you're the type of person that thrives on such games. But then there's the real world and the the world that we could live in. We could live in a world in which we produce healthy food inexpensively. We could live in that world. We could have that world. And that world would have a positive, nurturing, stabilizing impact on our climate. So bad agriculture is bad for the climate. Good agriculture is good for the climate unfortunately most of the agriculture we have is bad. Bad agriculture is bad for biological diversity it's bad for water quality. Good agriculture is good for biological diversity and it's good for water quality. Bad agriculture is bad for the local economy and for the well-being of farmers. Good agriculture is good for the local economy and good for the well-being of farmers. Bad agriculture is bad for consumers. Both in terms of how much it costs us to buy food, and how much, uh, and in terms of the impact of bad agriculture on our health, good agriculture would have a good impact on our, our um, a good impact on the quality of the food that we eat. Good agriculture is good for consumers in terms of the prices and in terms of the, the health of the food. And notice, in today's world, with a war going on in Europe, the bad agriculture is where you're getting your food from another continent. There's no reason for us to get the mul- bulk of our food from other continents. We are capable of growing most of our food, especially the necessities, on our continent, in our region, and even in our locality. So it's time to start moving toward a type of agriculture that works for everybody because it's more nutritious, because it's good for local economies, good for consumers, good for farmers, good for the climate, good for biological diversity. There's no there's no downside here. It's all good. That's all the time we have. Thank you so much for joining me. Have a great day.